Phenomenal Fan Podcast. A podcast by the fan for the fan. Phenomenal Fan Podcast, everybody. My name is Ryan. We got a great episode for you guys today. We are firing on all cylinders because guess what? Football season is over. It's over. There's no football left. Basketball is in. it. It's going on. Hockey, it's going on. Uh, but this beautiful episode 56 for you guys today. Uh, wanted to let you know quickly, it is brought to you by SeatGeek. Before we get into anything else, SeatGeek has incredible deals on all kinds of different tickets. And if you guys use our code at PhenomFan, just like uh, our handle on a lot of our social media accounts, PhenomFan, uh, you get 10% off your first order with SeatGeek. So be sure to go check that out. But guess what, guys? Football's done. We hadn't recorded an episode in a long time because, honestly, maybe I was holding a grudge towards the NFL. Uh, because the the way that the season culminated and came together and then eventually ended was in classic NFL fashion, very disappointing. The whole season builds up for this one moment. Everybody's excited for the Super Bowl. The entire game itself is super entertaining. Points being scored, defensive plays being made, quarterbacks being quarterbacks. And the NFL finds a way to just put a sour taste in everybody's mouth at the end of it all in classic NFL fashion. They did it with the Bengals and Chiefs AFC Championship. They did it with the Super Bowl. They did it in last year's Super Bowl with another holding iffy call. And the NFL and the referees and the officiating, time and time and time again, find a way to just leave a really sour, bitter, unsatisfied taste in most people's mouths after the season's over, and especially in this year's Super Bowl. I'm not going to tell you that the final holding call at the end of the Super Bowl was the deciding play, and that's the only reason the Chiefs lost, and or uh, I should say, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was an iffy holding call. Okay, nobody's disputing that. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that holding call on Juju Smith-Schuster was the deciding play and the only reason the Chiefs won the game and the only reason the Eagles lost the game. Everybody was expecting the Eagles' defense to show up, and the bottom line is before that play even happened, the Eagles' defense gave up, you know, 28 points. Yeah, there was a defensive score for, for Kansas City as well, but ultimately the Eagles and everybody on the team and everybody on the staff would tell you that the head coach, the defensive players, everybody involved after the game Anybody interviewed after the game that was affiliated with the Eagles would sit there and tell you and did sit there and tell you. I mean, you talk to the head coach, defensive players, Kelsey, uh, Jason Kelsey on offense, everybody on the Eagles that got interviewed after the game were the first ones to tell you that they didn't play well enough to win the game. 
And I, I'd agree with that. I think on offense, they scored enough, uh, obviously, to stay in the game. But the Chiefs scored on their – the Chiefs scored on the Eagles' defense basically at will. It was, like, it was easy for them. And there was no iffy penalties up until that last penalty on Juju Smith-Schuster that led to what essentially won the game on the last field goal for Kansas City. That being said, I don't know. I guess the issue comes into play when, like I said, the, the issue comes into play when the entire game was played pretty clean. Not a ton of penalties, if almost any at all. There was like two penalties, I think, that were significant the whole game. And, you know, credit to Kansas City for drawing up a play that basically forced a defender to at least close fist, grab cloth on one of the receivers for Kansas City. But that being said, man, there was nothing you could see on the replay for me that was like definitively, man, that's that's impeding his route. And I think the referees got kind of baited into it with the almost what looked to be like an intentional overthrow from Mahomes. Like he threw it a little too far and be like, no, that's where he would have been if he wasn't held. I don't know. It wasn't like, it wasn't like the worst call I've ever seen. It also wasn't a great call in my opinion. NFL officiating is incredibly difficult. I totally understand that. It's a split second, you know, uh, minute, hairline margins on these calls. I get it. But the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, and at least for me, man, I just I feel like a lot of people walked away from this Super Bowl. Players, coaches, and anybody that was, like, not directly involved or related to Kansas City, right? Like, fans or teams or the coaches, like, the players on, the, on Kansas City, the coaches on Kansas City, and the diehard Kansas City Chiefs fans, right? The rest of the league and the rest of the fan bases were like, um, okay, uh, yeah, Kansas City won again. And that's it. Like, that was the, that was the general consensus, I felt like, the reaction. Like, uh, oh, okay. Like, yeah, Mahomes is pretty good. Cool, Chiefs win again. And... For the NFL, that's less than ideal, in my opinion. I think they put together an excellent game throughout the game, right? 35-35, of course. But I don't think the NFL was hoping to get the reaction that they got, I think, from everybody after the Super Bowl is over. And that reaction of like, eh, well, Chiefs win again. Okay. Well, I guess that's it. Season's over. Like, that was... That was a lot of people's reaction, right? I mean, like, again, you have the questionable penalty um, and, like, the way, not just the penalty, like, the way that, like, if that was, like, a penalty and then they scored a touchdown right away, which I think they tried to let them score, to be honest, uh, with that Jarek McKinnon who, wisely enough, uh, you know, slid down at the one-yard line to give him a first down, but it was, like, it's it just left a very unsatisfied taste in a lot of people's mouths. And listen, I know that the players don't go out and play the game to satisfy the fans, right? I mean, Kansas City could care less if they won the Super Bowl three to nothing or thirty eight thirty five. 
It's not their responsibility. It's not their job to make sure we're happy after they won the game and we're entertained. Oh, monkeys and the symbols. <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? But in general, I think the feeling walking away from the Super Bowl for most people that weren't directly involved with Kansas City in one way or another, the feeling was, uh, okay, that's a pretty meh way to end the season. Kind of sucks, to be honest. So, you know, man, it is what it is. Congratulations to Kansas City, right? Mahomes is obviously a freak. Um, his elbow, or I mean, uh, his ankle was just in shambles, and he played through it, got tackled again, limped off again, was obviously in a lot of pain, played through it, won the Super Bowl. Congrats. Now, you go after the Super Bowl. You go to the celebrations. Uh, and let's take a listen here to what... Travis Kelsey had to say at the Super Bowl parade for the Chiefs up on stage, right? They do the whole parade route on the buses. They go through the downtown area of Kansas City. Then they end their they end their parade at somewhere in downtown. And they all get up on stage. There's thousands of people. They start talking to the mic. They're drinking. Most of them are pretty buzzed, if not hammered, honestly, at this point. But Travis Kelsey gets up on stage, gets the microphone, and uh, this is what he says. The haters were saying that the Chiefs would never make the playoffs. The haters were saying the Chiefs were done. So he's basically, like, making fun of or he's like saying uh that Kansas City was doubted he's basically saying um i guess that people didn't think Kansas City was going to get to the Super Bowl or get to the playoffs let's say, let's take a listen again this is what Travis Kelsey has to say about Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. The haters were saying that the Chiefs would never make the playoffs. The haters were saying the Chiefs were done. So that is Travis Kelsey just saying that the haters, the haters were saying the Chiefs would never make the playoffs. I'm guessing a lot of that had to do with getting rid of Tyreek Hill. And that's sort of understandable because if you get rid of a top three receiver in the league, turns into a, a little bit more of a one-dimensional offense. Now, that being said, Andy Reid is an excellent coach, excellent play designer, excellent utilizer of specific weapons he has at his disposal. But for Travis Kelsey to sit back and say, the haters were saying the Chiefs would never make the playoffs, that is bananas from Kelsey bananas I think a lot of people had a lot of hype for that division Herbert and the Chargers Russell Wilson of the Broncos the Raiders get Devontae Adams everybody expected the AFC West to be really competitive turns out it really wasn't competitive Kansas City had an incredible season and they pretty much coasted their way into the postseason untouched in that AFC West when all those different players shifted around, Kansas City loses Tyreek, the Broncos get Russell Wilson, the Raiders get Devontae Adams. 
There was nobody. And if there was, let me say this. There was nobody with a brain that saw all those moves go down and, and said, oh, yeah, I think Kansas City's probably going to miss the playoffs now. No, that didn't happen, Travis. It didn't happen. It just didn't happen. I know he's at a parade. I know he's joking around. I know he's just trying to, you know, entertain the fans, make people laugh. But anybody with a brain inside their head did not say the Chiefs are going to miss the playoffs. That just didn't happen. Now, I said, and a lot of people said, Chiefs might be getting tested for the division title, which I think was pretty fair for the most part. I don't think a lot of people expected Russell Wilson to forget how to play football or for the Raiders to just be historically bad again or the Chargers to just charge her out again. Kansas City was always expected to be in the playoff hunt, if not win the division again, which they did. Uh, So Kelsey pulling that move there was hysterical and absolutely ridiculous because uh, nobody that deserves to be listened to said before the season the Chiefs were going to miss the playoffs. That's absurd. I understand he's at the parade. I understand he's just joking around and and being funny and whatever. And again, has probably had 33 Bud Lights at that point. But if we're going to get a go, if we're going to go up on stage like that and make those claims, joking or not, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's tough. It's a tough look for me. But it is what it is. Congrats to the Chiefs. Maybe next time, if we get another Super Bowl, win, uh, you know, win in some capacity. If they lose another guy, if they lose Andy Reid, I don't know what would have to happen for that to be brought up again. But if it does, you know, let's say they lose a couple receivers. I don't know. I don't know. And then they get to the playoffs or whatever. Like, I don't want to hear it from Kelsey or Mahomes or anybody where it's like, who these haters doubted us. It's like, mm, not really. <laughs> not really at all, actually. But it's all right, Travis. All good, brother. No harm, no foul. I I get it, but let's dial it back a little bit. A little bit. Uh, so moving on from the NFL, right? That was the NFL. Um, Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And, you know, it is what it is. Congrats. We'll move on to next year. Uh, you got mock drafts coming out. You got all kinds of stuff going crazy. One thing I did want to touch on quickly was another football product specifically, which is the XFL. Uh, the XFL started this week, this past weekend. Today's Monday, February uh, 20th, 2023. This past weekend, there was some XFL football games. I actually tuned in to a couple games, not like all the way through. I didn't watch. Um, I didn't watch. What's the word I'm looking for? I didn't watch. What's the word? I didn't watch meticulously, I guess. Right. Is that the word? I didn't watch like, like as a critic, like super like engaged, locked in, trying to pick apart every single part of it that was wrong or what parts I hated or all this different stuff. I just kind of watched it casually. Um, and what I what I noticed, or I guess the level of play that I'd consider it to be equal to, is like uh, Pac-12 football. 
basically, right? I mean, it's like a Oregon versus uh, like Utah, <laughs> like that type of level of play. Like, it's not historic. It's not like disgustingly bad. It's not like, oh my god, this is like JV high school ba- high school football. It's it's not that. Uh, it's it's professional. You know, these guys are pro professional caliber, I guess. And I'd imagine a handful of them get picked up. A lot of them that were in the XFL played in the NFL in one way or another, too. So that's, you know, it's entertaining to an extent. It depends on kind of who you are as a fan and what you like. If you're like a diehard American football fan and that's the only thing you watch and that's the only thing you will watch, yeah, turn on the XFL. Uh, But if I'm going to be choosing between, you know, the Genesis Invitational Golf Tournament on Sunday or the XFL, I'm probably going to choose golf. Uh, If I'm going to choose between, you know, a a top 25 college basketball game or even just one team's top 25 or the XFL, I might be flipping back and forth, but probably going to prioritize the college basketball. So, I mean, hats off to the XFL. You know, they're trying. I get it. Um, do I think it's going to last and it's going to be sustainable? I mean, we'll see. The Rock is a is a smart businessman uh, with a lot of money, and he he knows what he's doing to an extent. You know, with uh, the entertainment factor and his history, like with professional wrestling and all that different stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be the number one thing watched. Uh, every weekend in in the spring or, you know, in this February months. Uh, but it is what it is. It's not bad. If you're interested, check it out. If you're not, uh, yeah, don't, I don't know. It's up to you guys, but I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever seen. So that's football. Now moving on to basketball. Okay. This past weekend was the NBA all-star festivities. And I think, this past weekend, with everything that went on in the NBA All-Star festivities, is an indication to me of the continued pattern I seem to notice with the NBA and the direction that it's trending. For some reason, year in and year out, the reports that are coming out seem to paint a picture of the NBA and the ratings just skyrocketing. Every year, the ratings are increasing. The ratings are better. More people are watching. The TV deals are bigger and the players are getting paid more. And I just can't seem to understand how that's possible uh, because most people with brain with most people with eyeballs watch the NBA for a few minutes, a regular season game and realize that it's not really that great of a product. It's it's not super entertaining. Uh, a lot of the guys aren't really trying that hard. And I know it's it's harder to see on TV. And these guys are big dudes playing, you know, at a high level uh, in some parts of the game. but. I think the NBA All-Star game in and of itself is a microcosm of what the NBA's turned into. Three-point shootout, uncontested drives to the basket, dunk contests during games, windmills. Uh, there's really not a ton of focus anymore on mid-range shooting or, um, you know, ball handling a lot of times. guys. Just, a lot of guys make a living just being catching shooters. Uh and I don't think that's the worst thing ever, but the, the emphasis is on big men getting rebounds and three-point shooting in the NBA. And that is 
magnified and glorified in a, in a situation like the NBA All-Star game. On top of it, the way that they go about it is so hard to wrap your head around. The whole thing, all the NBA All-Star festivities, right? The three-point contest has a guy like Julius Randle participating and putting on a horrible show for people, bricking three after three after three. The dunk contest, yeah, you know, it's sort of kind of cool to watch maybe sometimes, but it doesn't feature any big names or any big-time players, and it shouldn't because why would these guys go out there and risk injury or risk their reputation or all these different things? Why would they do They don't need to. Why does LeBron, why does Giannis, why would they want to do it anyways? But then you have a guy like Mac McClung winning the dunk contest, a guy who has barely played in the NBA winning the dunk contest. And again, you sit back and you go, what, what am I watching? Julius Randle's throwing up bricks. What am I watching? The NBA All-Star game. Dame Lillard is just launching balls past half court. Cool, he made it. But it's just a it's a it's a jog fest up and down the court. Who's open? Find it, slam. Who's open? Shoot up a three. And I sit back, just even while I didn't watch any of it, like religiously. I flipped it on. Uh, I saw the highlights of Julius Randle. I saw the highlights of the dunk contest. And then I watched like half a quarter of the all-star game. And I just turned it off because it was just so boring. So boring. So boring. And I'm not the only one who thinks that. Here's a clip. Here's a. Looked like it was fine. A clip from the NBA all-star post game. And it's a quote from Jalen Brown on the Celtics. And he was asked about just the game itself. He was asked about what's the deal with the game and what he thinks of it. And the mask didn't seem to bother you at all. It, it, it looked like it was fine. I mean, Jalen Brown, for, for reference, he was wearing a mask during the All-Star game. I think he had something going on with his face, so he just wanted to protect himself. But he was asked about that and, and subsequently the game itself. And the mask didn't seem to bother you at all. It, it, it looked um, like it was fine. I mean, it took a little bit to get adjusted, you know. I got a little bit more comfortable towards the second half, but you know, all's all's fun. Games like this, real basketball is different. You know, this was like I don't even. This was like a layup line. <laughs> like I don't know how much how much notoriety or, or he would want to get from this. It was just a glorified layup line, but you know, we got to figure out how to make maybe the game a little bit more competitive. But if the fans like it, that's all that matters. So Jalen Brown calls the. NBA All-Star Game, a glorified layup line. Nuggets head coach Michael Malone was quoted saying that the All-Star Game was one of the hardest games to watch that he's ever had to watch in his life while he's there participating. So you got players and you got coaches expressing their displeasure with the All-Star Game and how it, it unfolds. And somehow, again and again and again, the NBA will come out probably later this week and be like, the NBA All-Star Game was the highest-watched, most-watched All-Star Game in the last 20 years. It's like every year. So either the NBA is lying about their ratings and their viewership, or the people who are watching are 
are bots. That's the only explanation. Because the NBA product during the regular season and the All-Star festivities is horrible to watch. It is so brutal. So brutal. Julius Randle just launching bricks in the three-point contest. Mac McClung winning the dunk contest. And the All-Star game just jogging up and back and forth. Like Jalen Brown said, a glorified layup line with dunks and occasional half-court shots. Um, it's very apparent that the players aren't very excited about the process of playing in the All-Star game. They don't get too jazzed up for it. They don't put a ton of effort into it. And that's all fine, right? They don't want to get injured. They don't want to do, they don't want to be exerting a ton of energy. But then the NBA comes out and says that they wanted to avoid the last picked guy during their all-star draft. The last picked, right? Even though, and they, and they also said they want to do uh, reserves picked first by the team captains who draft. And then they do the, the starters second, or I'm not entirely sure. But then you look at the order in which these guys are drafted and it continues to to expose itself. The NBA All-Star continues to show itself as just a random, arbitrary, not good product. Um, because these guys that are the order that these guys are picked in is so stupid. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I don't know. It's just a really bad product, in my opinion. It's a really, really bad product to watch. Um, and I think the question is, how do you fix it, right? How do you fix the All Star or the yeah? How do you how do you fix the All Star festivities for the NBA? And for most sports, right? Because these guys, uh, the biggest thing is like, oh, they're not, they're just not trying. The MLB tried it a few years back when they made the All Star Game outcome worth something, and the winner, the league that won the All Star Game in Major League Baseball, would get home field advantage in the World Series. Even then, a lot of the guys, especially the guys representing teams that had no chance getting to the World Series. Those guys were like, I, I don't care. I'm not going to try. Like, I mean, I'll do whatever, but like, I'm not going to try. Then they disbanded that, which I thought was fair because ultimately I think your record should determine your home field advantage. But I know one thing. I know one thing that'll motivate anybody. And that one thing is always the cash. Cash money. Major League Baseball made the home run derby into a cash event by rewarding the winner of the home run derby with a million dollars. And guess what happened? The all-star game home run derby uh, for major league baseball, the, the, the home run derby itself got electric almost instantly electric guys were launching balls all over the place with the new rules and the timer and all these different things. NFL put together their Pro Bowl games. Yeah, you know, they weren't amazing, but the winner of the game, each player 
got a large chunk of change. And, yeah, it was flag football. These guys were trying really hard. Peyton and Eli were really coaching. And Peyton was, like, pissed when they lost. NBA All-Star, they don't play for anything. They play for money to their charities that they're representing, which is great. It's a great cause. But let's do let's do each team. If you know, let's see, this for this year, for example. It's Team LeBron, Team Giannis. Team LeBron represents Boys and Girls Club of America. Team Giannis represents Girl Scouts of America, whatever the case is. The winning team will provide a $2 million donation to the charity of their choice, and each player gets $500,000 if they win the game. You think these guys aren't going to try, play a little defense? All of a sudden, uh, actually, I don't know if I should let this guy score. And you know what? If these guys don't want to try or they don't want to play or they don't you know, want to take part in it and risk injury, that's fine. That's fine. You don't have to play. You can get named an all-star and you can go and not play. Fine. Somebody else can come in and step in. There's plenty of guys that are all-star all-star caliber. All-star worthy guys. Tons. But let's up the ante a little bit. Up the ante, make make it a little more entertaining with some money involved, some scratch. Put a little cheddar on the table for these guys to play for. Promise you it'll get more entertaining. If that's the ultimate goal. If the ultimate goal is to keep these guys safe and just give them accolades and, and awards, then just name them all-stars, run through the, the three-point contest and the dunk contest, and just forget about the game. You don't need to play the game. Or, or you make the game worth money for each one of the guys, and then there you go. They're going to play. They'll play a lot harder. That's what happened at the Pro Bowl games. That's what happens in the Home Run Derby. So... That's my solution to it, and it's a pretty easy one. You know, throw money at an issue, but I think it would help. I think it absolutely would help. Uh, and the last thing we'll talk about here, guys, is on the topic of the NBA. And it's the same thing I've been saying forever. The same thing I've been saying forever. I've said it already in this episode, but I don't understand how anybody... How anybody in good faith, can watch the NBA, knowing what's going on in the background and how the league operates and how these players treat their contracts and treat their teams and how these trades happen and these free agency deals go down. I don't understand how anybody can sit back and be like, yeah, this is super fun. This is, like, sick. This is super sick. I love watching the NBA. Like, Russell Westbrook gets just traded and then traded and then traded and then traded. His name is Russell Westbrook, and he had, like, a couple good years, and all of a sudden he's, like, the headliner of all these trades. Gets traded to Utah from the Lakers. Oh, wait, but he has a contract, so he's going to play for Utah, right? No. Oh, wait, no. No, Utah's going to buy out his contract. So his contract means nothing, and now he's just a free agent, and now he's just going to sign with the Clippers. It's literally, like, it's a, it's, it's a free-for-all league. There's no rules. There's, like, no guidelines you have to follow. As a player, listen, I'm all in for players getting an opportunity to, to get their money, right? If they play well and they earn it, they deserve it. They could get as much as they want. And trust me, these NBA contracts give out ridiculous amounts of money to very mid, mid-tier, mid mid-caliber players. So Westbrook's going to be fine as far as finances go. He will earn enough, more than enough, to 
be set forever for generations and generations. But the issue is the NBA and the contracts. It's like, if I'm an owner, if I'm a GM in the NBA, it's like, oh, dude, we just locked down. Dude, we just, uh, we just locked down Russell Westbrook or, you know, guys that are free agents. I don't know. Like, let's, let's make up a hypothetical here. Let's say Damian Lillard is a free agent after the 2022, 2023 season. And I'm the GM of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I offer him a four-year deal, $55 million a year, and he signs. Oh, my God, Dame Lillard, breaking news. He goes to Minnesota. And I'm the GM. There's, like, a, there's not a single moment that I'm, like, sitting back, like, oh, we locked the guy. We locked him down. We got our guy. Now we can build around him. It's, like, not a thing in the NBA. Because Dame Lillard could very easily go to Minnesota, play half a season, the team sucks, and he just goes to the GM, trade me. Trade me. I want out. Trade me now. Right now. Trade me. And then he just gets traded to the Lakers because LeBron wants him. Like, what? There's no contract. There's no, there's nothing. It's a free-for-all league. It's just a free-for-all video game league. I don't understand. Westbrook just gets traded to Utah after he was just traded to L.A. Goes to Utah. Ah, I'm not playing for you guys. All right, buyout. Boom. Actually, no, I'm going back to L.A., but with the Clippers. What? 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 What, what is going on? I thought you just tra traded to Utah. Don't you have to play for them now? No, I don't, I don't want to. What? What is going on? The NBA is such a... It's a free-for-all. It's just like a... It's like a... It's... It, this, there's nothing about the NBA that I'm like, that is awesome. It's so stupid. There's no, there's nothing, there's nothing about the NBA that's appealing to me. It doesn't make sense. There's no structure. There is, there's no structure involved in the NBA. It's a free-for-all random league and they just let guys do whatever they want, whenever they want. How is that sustainable? It's, I, it's not. I'll tell you right now, it's not. And these small market teams are going to continue to stay small market. Nobody else is going to be able to stay competitive except for the big market teams. And because that's where all the guys are going to want to go. That's it. The big, big cities, big markets. Midwest teams, good luck. Middle to small market teams, good luck. You're screwed. Oh, you're in a big city? Awesome. You are going to be a hot destination for anybody that wants to go play there. If you're in, I don't know, let's say Indiana, Minnesota, Oregon. You're screwed. You're screwed. You have no choice. You're done. Oh, your team's located in Charlotte? Yeah, you're not getting anybody. You could draft somebody, maybe. It's such a joke. It's such a joke. I just don't get it, man. Whatever. I will continue to rant about the NBA until more people seem to come on my side, which is I don't watch it until it gets to the playoffs because that's the only thing that matters in the NBA. Watch the big time matchups on Saturday nights, you know, if you're bored, but that's, that's it. I, I don't want to watch stupid. Just, it's just dumb. It's a bad product, man, but whatever. Either way, you guys know where I stand on the NBA. Hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, episode 56 of the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. 
if you're not watching there already. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, greatly appreciate it. Check us out on TikTok, guys. We put out awesome daily content on all of our social media platforms. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Be sure to tune into Between the Stitches, our baseball-only show, as the baseball season starts to heat up here. As we get later into February, March, and et cetera, et cetera. Otherwise, I will talk to you guys on episode 57 of the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Peace out. Thanks for listening to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Want more? Follow us on social media and subscribe to Patreon for exclusive content.